Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. This is part two of our episode on the Great Wall of China. And in part one, we talked about Badaling, which is this famous section of the wall near Beijing. Um, but there are also many other sections of the wall. And in fact, there's another section also quite close to Beijing. And it's what you can do is you can walk along the wall from one section to the other. You can probably say the names of the two sections a little bit better than I can. Uh, the first one is Sumatai, and the second one is Jinshangling. And so what you can do is, and there are a lot of now tour, uh, tour agencies in Beijing who will do this, is that they will take you in a minivan, small group of people, to one of these points, and then you can walk along the wall for about three hours, mm -hmm. and then they pick you up at the other point and then take you back to Beijing. I think it's also possible to do it with public transport as well. Um, but even though you're still quite close to Beijing... This gives you a completely different experience of mm -hmm. the wall. Uh, firstly, because there's almost no one there. Yeah. Um, you'll be there maybe with a, a small group of people, and that's it. Um, the mainstream tour groups, package groups, and the Chinese domestic tourists don't really go to that area. Uh, and secondly, the wall itself is, is very different because it's unrestored. And so the whole thing is, I think it's sometimes promoted as the, the wild side of the wall because the wall itself is, is quite wild in that way. It's, it's unrestored. It's, it's not as neat and perfect as it is in battling, but it's, it's more interesting perhaps because of that. And also the nature around it is, is quite wild as well. Um, and as you're walking, sometimes you have to scramble a little bit up and down The sections yeah. of it, it's not, uh, you know, it's not as, as perfect in terms of the steps and things like that as it is uh, at Badaling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes, you know, some of the bricks are kind of falling apart a little bit. And uh, like we talked about the crenellations that you see that are perfectly restored in Badaling, that's not the case in Sumatai and Jinshangling and on the walk in between the two. So, uh, yeah, it definitely looks more more dilapidated, more run down, but also more authentic in that way. Um, because it is a wall that was built hundreds of years ago, so it's normal that it wouldn't be in perfect condition. Yeah, and so I think more people uh, who go to Beijing should try to, should try to visit this section of the wall as well. But it's just people get a little bit overwhelmed because there's so many other things to do in Beijing. And if they see the section of battling, they think that you know that's probably enough. But it's really worth it to make this extra trip if you can. And the other thing that's, that's good about it is that you also get a hike out of it as well. Mm. And so it's one of these places and, you know, there are a few um, in the world, but it's quite rare to have, um, you know, a great natural scenic area where you can, where you can hike, but then also a historic monument as well. That's, that's part of it. Right. And so it's a really great half day or, or full day out if you can do it. Yeah. And to be able to hike on the wall itself, I think, is really special, you know, to know the whole time that your feet are walking on, you know, the same bricks that the Chinese soldiers walked on hundreds of years ago when they were defending um, the wall. Um, so that adds, I think, something special to the hike is the historical nature and that you really are walking on this historical monument. And so... You know, when you go to one section of the wall, you know, it's, it's great to visit the wall, but you don't, you can't, it's impossible to really get a, a true understanding and, 
and picture of how huge this wall is right from its start point to its end point and so we've been lucky enough actually to go to the start point and the end point mm -hmm. and so the easternmost point uh is in a near city called dongdang Dandong. Dandong. <laughs> and it's very, very, very close to North Korea. And so you can walk on the wall at this section and you can look over the river and you can see North Korea. Mm -hmm. And that was, a, I just thought that was a kind of amazing experience because you mm -hmm. see these, these tiny little villages and not so much from the wall itself. You can see villages from the wall itself, but the city is also just this enormous Chinese city that's risen out of nothing mm -hmm. in the last 40 years, let's say. And so probably at one point, it was quite a, there was quite a similar level of development on either side of the river, the Chinese side and the North Korean side. But then the North Korean side has remained this rural area and suddenly this huge Chinese city with skyscrapers uh, has appeared out of nowhere on that side of the river. Um, but the scenery around the wall at this area is very, it's like a jungle It's almost like rainforest. And so it's quite interesting because you see forest in some of the other areas, but this is a very almost a tropical mm -hmm. section of the wall. And so that was really interesting to see that part as well. Yeah, it was very green. And uh, there was a small river running next to the wall, as I remember. Yeah, and it's also some a place where not that many people go. Certainly foreign tourists don't really go to that area. And there weren't really, there were hardly any people on the wall. Uh, mm -hmm. When we were there, we went there because we were staying for a period in Harbin at the time, and it was it's a city in the north of China, and it was somewhat close to go there for the weekend, so we happened to be in, in the right place at the right time, I guess. Mm -hmm. And at the other end of the scale, the other, other end of the wall, all the way in central China, central western China, um, you have a fortress at the end of the wall, and the fortress is called? Jiayuguan. Okay. And so... This is completely different again. So you have this you have this huge fortress, but even the wall that you can see is in this kind of desert area. It's a very barren landscape. It's very mm -hmm. desolate. There's no trees. It's just black rock uh, and just dark colored rock. It's just it's just almost like nothing is growing there at all. And it's just a it's the complete opposite mm -hmm. that you can imagine from the the jungle area at the eastern end of the wall. Yeah. It's true. And so that was you know, really fascinating as well. We got to walk along a small section of the of the wall there and just to, to look out and just to see hardly any signs of life at all. It was really mm -hmm. crazy because all of more or less all of the other experiences that we'd have had at the wall, there were there was a lot of a lot of trees and a lot of interesting nature. And this was interesting in its own way. And you can also see snow capped mountains from that area, although mm -hmm. the day that we were there there was a lot of Uh, pollution, I guess, or it wasn't. A, it was a cloudy day, and mm -hmm. um, we couldn't see that. Um, but it was so fascinating to see the to see this part of the wall compared with other parts. And so, really, when you see the wall in all of these different places, it's it's a, a journey along the wall like this is like a journey through China itself. Yeah, yeah, and through the history of China. Um, and from what I remember. At the time that that wall, that you know, final section of the wall was built in Jiayuquan, uh, that really was considered by the Chinese to be kind of the end of the world, you know, and that's why they stopped building the wall at that point because there was just nothing left. There was there was no one to defend China from at that point. There was no one and no nothing out there in the middle of nowhere. And uh, of course now it's 
it's kind of in the middle of China, really. China extends much further west into Xinjiang. Um, but at that time, that was the end of China. And so in Chinese terms, it was kind of the end of the world. Right. And even today, Chinese people uh, often consider that th- their cultural concept of China kind of ends at around that point. Mm-hmm. That they'll describe places that are in central China on a map of the nation state of China as being in the far west of China. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And so one other place that we've seen the wall was in Shanxi province, uh, and this was a very basic form of the wall. It was made out of earth and mud. Mm-hmm. And it was, again, really fascinating to compare it with these other different sections. And so some people, sometimes I get the feeling that people are a little bit disappointed when they learn that the wall wasn't all built as part of one project with a finite beginning and end. It was kind of added to and built upon over many decades and, and centuries. Mm-hmm. But that, for me, is part of the fascination of it, that you see that it keeps getting extended and that they do different things in different sections, they use different materials. Mm-hmm. And so it's this kind of adventure in, in construction. It wasn't just ordered by one person and then completed within a certain time frame. It was this just enormous project that was a huge part of, of Chinese history for, for so many centuries in terms of building it. And now today we can see all these different parts. Yeah, yeah, and it is really quite a contrast between, you know, Badaling uh, that we talked about last time that's uh, really perfectly preserved or perfectly restored, um, and then comparing that to, like you said, this uh, earthen uh, part of the wall that's, yeah, really just made out of dirt, out of packed earth, packed dirt. Um, and there's not much of it standing anymore. You could easily hop over it. It's not uh, doesn't serve much defensive purpose nowadays. Uh, so it's really interesting to see all the different forms of the, that the wall took. Exactly. So if you have a chance to go to China, uh, my advice is to see the wall in as many places as you can, and then you get a really great uh, understanding of it. listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. English in 10 Minutes.